Much of Southern California felt a 6.4 magnitude earthquake Thursday morning. The quake was one of the strongest in years and came at a time where few large quakes have been felt statewide. The quake was near Ridgecrest, which is about 100 miles north of Los Angeles. And the quake was felt as far south as Tijuana. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Gary Robbins, you cover science for the Union Tribune. Why don't you explain what's the significance of this earthquake? Well, it's very significant um, in a lot of ways, partly because of its size. This was 6.4, so that's a large earthquake. Uh, Fortunately, it happened way out uh, in a remote area in Ridgecrest, about 200 miles north of uh, San Diego. But that's a large quake, and it was felt over such a large area. Um, It was felt way down into Tijuana, over to Las Vegas, all over San Diego County. Um, And it produced an aftershock, as you know, 5.4 on uh, early Mm -hmm. Friday morning. So it's a big event. It's the largest earthquake to occur in Southern California in 20 years. Uh, The last time around was the um, Hector Mine earthquake, uh, the 7.1 that occurred 20 years ago. So Mm -hmm. anytime something like this happens, the potential for something going really bad is high. Fortunately, we get out of this with very um, uh, little damage. Sometimes earthquakes can trigger other earthquakes, not necessarily an aftershock, but another one in a different location. How does that work? In the most basic sense, it's they shift their energy and stress from one place to another. Back in uh, 1992, we had the big Landers earthquake out in the desert. Less than 12 hours later, we had another big earthquake that occurred at a, quite a distance away. It occurred in Big Bear. Mm-hmm. Scientists say that um, because of all the shaking and the movement and the direction that the energy went from landers, it placed additional stress on the on the uh, faults up by Big Bear and triggered that earthquake. Now, I was here when that all occurred, and one of the things that did was it helped confirm for scientists uh, the idea that earthquakes can trigger other earthquakes on distant faults. Uh-huh. Um, that wasn't really scripture among uh, seismologists back then. It was something that really revealed Um, partly how the Earth can uh, work. So that has a lot of people looking at uh, what happened up at Ridgecrest. That was a 6.4 earthquake. It's had a big aftershock. The question becomes, was that event big enough, and did it push enough energy out, and did it change the stress on other faults enough to produce another earthquake? Are we going to have something in the coming days as a result of what happened on July 4th? And also, the state has been in somewhat of an earthquake drought, What are the causes behind that? Well, it's not a drought. Um, Earthquakes occur on their own schedule, not on human uh, schedules. Um, And we cannot predict them. Uh, There's there's this myth around the idea that they can predict earthquakes, and they simply cannot. So they look at them and try to get a kind of like a cycle. When was the last time it occurred on a particular fault, and then before that, and before that, and before that? In some instances, you can get a rough cycle. People have been thinking that we're overdue, for example, for an earthquake on the San Andreas Fault. Mm -hmm. But there's no way to know precisely when that's going to occur. So a prediction is something that that can't be done. It's not not a drought. An earthquake can occur at any time, at any place in Southern California. And in San Diego itself, are there any major faults or areas that are more at risk for earthquakes than others? Well, you're sitting on one. Uh, the Rose Canyon Fault that cuts um, onto shore uh, up by the university and comes down through Rose Canyon and right down through the middle of uh, San Diego. The Rose Canyon Fault, if we had a 6.4 earthquake, so in other words, something the size of what occurred at Ridgecrest on the Rose Canyon Fault, there, that could be quite a catastrophic event for San Diego. It would likely break um, power lines, uh, gas lines, 
um, disrupt roads, crack roads, maybe break roads. It could cause some buildings to collapse. There's been a lot of research done on the potential impact. So mm-hmm. Rose Canyon, they don't know how frequently it breaks, what the rough cycle is. San Diego State University has been looking at that for a long time, and they keep finding new evidence that it breaks more often than they had once thought, but they don't know what is a reasonable cycle. Because I imagine you needed to have enough evidence and enough data to predict that, and because earthquakes happen so infrequently, it's difficult to, you know, do the science, essentially. Well, large earthquakes occur infrequently. The Earth itself, as we're sitting here, is moving all the time. There's constant, constant, constant small-level earthquakes. Um, Scientists have a general idea of how the structure works and what it looks like, um, but they it's really difficult to figure out the bigger picture. And we we saw this with um, the Northridge earthquake. Mm-hmm. People were not expecting an earthquake at Northridge. There was not a known labeled fault there. That was a so-called blind thrust fault. In other words, the, um, the fault shifted and it kind of moved uh, over and up, pushing things up. And that caught everybody by surprise. Um, so they didn't know that was there. The earthquake that occurred on July 4th, just a couple of days ago, that also occurred on an unnamed fault. Now, it is near a known fault, the so-called Garlock fault, uh, but it's on an unnamed fault. So we don't know even all of the faults that exist in Southern California. Think of it like taking a um, maybe a cue ball and tapping it hard against a car window and thinking uh-huh. all, of all the cracks that would result from it. That's kind of what Southern California looks like when it comes to quakes. We have our larger cracks and then the smaller ones, and we know many of them, but we don't know all of them. And some of the smaller ones uh, can cause trouble. And the one we had on July 4th actually was two earthquakes. It, it started on one fault, and then it jumped immediately to a second fault. So like, clack, clack, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, scientists are beginning to understand that that happens more frequently than they knew. And how do we discover new faults? Do we have to wait until an earthquake occurs on them? Not necessarily. Um, uh, Tom Rockwell, the um, great seismologist at San Diego State University, he, among others, do uh, so-called trenching. They literally dig into places like Old Town here in San Diego, and they'll go down, and they can um, read the wall. So in other words, as you go down, you can look at the soil, and you can look for certain things that are left over, and you can see breaks in the soil that represent previous earthquakes. And you can do carbon dating to find out when they happened. I actually have seen Tom do this in Old Town, and I've been out with him on the San Jacinto Fault east of us. And it's really, they, they don't even have to go really very deep to get a sense of what might have happened over tens of thousands of years. That's certainly amazing. And uh, here's the question you probably always get. How should we be prepared for earthquakes? We should be prepared by being using common sense. Um, uh, anybody who owns a car should have an earthquake kit in the um, in the in the trunk, and you don't have to go out and buy it. Um, you can do something as simple as going to Target. I went to Target like um, a month ago, and bought just one of those rubber holders, you know, container holders that uh-huh. you can put shoes in, you can put clothes and blankets. You know, it's a it's a reasonably good size, and you know, just as you're going to your car. Put things into that. So put in bottles of water, put in matches, um, put in toilet paper, um, put in all of the things you would need, an extra pair of shoes, socks, 
um, some canned goods with a with a can opener, um, foods that will last for a long time. It is not hard to do. It's not expensive to do. Most of us always know where our car is. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can't get home, but most of the time we can get to our car. And um, it's a quick, easy thing to do, and I urge people to do that. What surprised you the most about this earthquake? One of the things that um, that I thought was striking about this earthquake was that the earthquake alert system worked but didn't work. So you might have heard of ShakeAlert. Is this new system where uh, eventually people are going to be able to get warnings on their cell phones and other devices that seismic energy is moving uh, toward them? As I understand what the USGS said, um, a broad warning did not go out to the people of Los Angeles County, largely because the earthquake didn't meet a certain metric. Uh-huh. In other words... Um, yes, it caused a lot of shaking, but it didn't cause the degree of shaking in Los Angeles that would have caused the kind of damage that would have been a big public problem. Because over distance, it gets weaker, right? Yeah, it does. Um, if that earthquake had occurred much closer to Los Angeles, that would have been an issue. But they're also still working on the shake alert system. In fact, uh, UC San Diego's uh, Scripps Institution of Oceanography is involved in placing a lot of seismic stations around California and the other parts of the West to help with this very thing. So and we does have San Diego have it too? The shake alert system? Is going to have it. It, uh, it hasn't rolled out broadly to the public in a reliable way uh-huh. yet. So Los Angeles is getting it first. And, you know, when that event occurred the other day, you had to have been someone who lived in Los Angeles to get it, and it didn't meet the threshold for the alert. But I, I should say that the whole process is being refined. Uh, we're not going to have a super reliable system immediately, and we have to keep in mind what it's going to be. If uh, an earthquake occurred on the Santa San Jacinto Fault, which uh-huh. is not that far east of San Diego County, the seismic energy would come to us very quickly. So we would get very little alert, maybe two, three seconds. Um, in the case of what happened up at Ridgecrest, Los Angeles got more than 10 seconds of notice to the seismic stations that scientists had who could pick up on it. So it's a it's a work in, in process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I have to do is have common sense when tragedy does strike. Yes. When it starts shaking, you know, collapse to, to the floor or the ground, reach for some cover and get under it and stay there. All right. Gary Robbins, thank you so much. You're welcome. In other news, two more E. coli cases have been diagnosed as being connected to the San Diego County Fair. County health officials believe it came from contact with animals at the fair. The new cases bring the count to seven. E. coli was the complication of the death of two-year-old Jedediah King Cabezuela, who died in June after visiting the fair. Additional cases are also being investigated. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and reporters throughout the newsroom. You can support our journalism by signing up for any or all of our print and digital products at uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.